There was a book written years ago, um, uh, and um, it's called Secret Pillars of Wealth. And in that book, right, he discussed uh, the, the, the ways that the top 1% became the top 1%. And, and 74%, according to the book, 74% of the people in the top 1% uh, of, of net worth income earners uh, made their money one of two ways, either owning businesses or investing in real estate. Welcome to the power of passive income and how to retire rich with your host, Vijay Patel. Get your financial advice straight from the experts and learn how to take your first steps towards financial freedom. If you're ready to retire rich, then listen up. What about the health saving account? Yeah, you can partner that account too. In okay. fact, one of, the, one of the interesting things about it is, is that, that I, I teach, so when, when clients come on board, I, I, I teach what I call a accelerated wealth quick start class. And, and I teach that to lay the foundational elements because self-directing is new to most people. Right? Even if they've heard about it, they say, hey, this is something I want to do, and they open up an account, they're still not sure how to go through the process. And, and so I work with clients and, and help them understand the process at the beginning, right right out of the gate, where we go through all, all the, the, the relevant things that you need to know, you know, how to solve these massive financial problems that we have, and, and how these accounts and strategies and rules and all these things kind of work together. And, and so, um, so we go through that all within the first 30 days. Uh, and, and so I teach three investment structures you can employ with self-directed accounts. And so one is an outright purchase, which is kind of where your question was going, right? If you have enough cash in the account and you want to use all your own cash to buy one asset, for example, you can do that, right? That's an outright purchase. Second way is what we call a joint venture or partnership where you have uh, access to multiple accounts and those accounts can partner together in a sense, right? The third investment structure that I teach which is a legal backdoor to the contribution limit is that believe it or not if you don't have enough cash in your retirement account to make an investment or uh, you just don't want to use your own cash your account is allowed to borrow it so that's why i say it's a legal backdoor to the contribution requirement because it allows you to bring in cash now there's some different rules around that of course but the point is is that there's a lot of options in terms of how to use uh, retirement accounts to to build your wealth um, so there's we, a lot of things you can do. Is there any restriction on borrowing? Like just uh, because that is something new to me for sure. So let's talk about that. Uh, like when you talk about like borrowing, how does it work? So when you borrow money, uh, the main thing, the, the number one thing that people need to know is that in the rules and regs when it comes to retirement accounts, right? Uh, the government tells us what we, we cannot do. So let, let me let me say this. And I'm not going to get into a big rules discussion here, right? Because I don't want to, I don't want to go too far into the weeds here. But uh, the government tells us the way the rules are written. The government tells us what we cannot do, right? They don't tell us what we can do. And and the 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 uh, example I always use is like th there's no there's no law, there's no rule that says I have to be nice to people, right? Now it's probably in my best interest to be nice to people. But if I was mean to someone and somebody went to the police and said, hey, he was mean to me, they're going to say, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, there, there, there's nothing to do there because there's no law broken. However, if I went up and physically hit somebody in the face, that's called assault, right? Now you can, that's against the rules. The rules say you're not allowed to invade somebody's physical space. You can't do that. Therefore, there's legal consequences to that. 
Same thing applies to retirement accounts. So we're already used to this stuff. Everybody thinks self-directing is complicated. It's really not. It's, we, we've been trained our whole lives to think this way. We just have to just draw those connections. So same thing is true with retirement accounts. So the rules say what we cannot do. Those are referred to as prohibited transactions. They don't tell us what we can do. So as an example, when it comes to the lending or the borrowing, it says we're not allowed to personally guarantee credit for our retirement account or extend credit to our retirement account. Um, in other words, it, it doesn't mean that we're not allowed to borrow. It just means we, we're not allowed to personally guarantee it. So the number one thing to know about borrowing inside of a retirement account is it has to be a non-recourse loan, a non-recourse loan. A non -re and I don't like that term. That's the term that's used in the industry. I think it's a lousy term. I think it's inaccurate. A better term, if, if, and when I talk to clients about it, and if I were to able, right, able to be able to wave a magic wand and like, you know, change everybody's language, I would call it a limited recourse uh, note or loan, right? Because basically what makes it a non-recourse loan is that it, there's language in the note that says something to the effect of, in the event of default, the lender agrees to take back the asset for full satisfaction of the debt. There's no additional recourse to the IRA or the IRA owner. That keeps us compliant with that rule, okay? So we can borrow, it has to be a non-recourse loan. Um, there's banks that do them, not a lot, but there are some banks that do non-recourse loans to retirement accounts. There is uh, uh, financial uh, type of companies, financial firms that specialize in financing assets that will do non-recourse. And then of course, private investors uh, will, will do non-recourse loans. Um, but that's a strategy that we've seen many people implement very, very um, successfully, particularly in re retirement accounts, because going back to what your, you know, one of your core focuses is how do we build our network to create passive income streams so that we have financial freedom. And as we were talking about, that number is different for everybody. Right? It's not the same. My number is probably different than your number and our number is different than somebody listening right now. And that's okay. But the key is, is that if you think about it, if, if you have a seven to 10 year time horizon, let's say you're 50 years old and you say, look, I want to generate $5,000 a month in income and I only have a couple hundred thousand dollars in my retirement account right now. Well, you could buy maybe two rental properties that spin off a thousand dollars a month. That doesn't quite get you there. But you could use that money as down payment money, buy five properties, pay them off in the next seven to 10 years so that when you're 60 and you're ready to start spending that money, now your $5,000 in income is there. So there's a lot of really cool ways that you can use leverage uh, when used correctly inside a retirement account to quickly build your asset base that generates a specific income and will be available for you in the time frame that you want it. Good. So I think let's just talk about the, uh, you know, some interesting thing, like, you know, like everybody knows that, okay, like, you know, self-directed IRA, you can put it for real estate, right? So what we were discussing is what are some unique investment that you have done or, you know, in general, like what are other things that people can do apart from real estate? Because that's a common like notion that, oh, self-directed IRA goes to real estate. Yeah. So there, there's a, there was a book written years ago um, uh, and um, it's called Secret Pillars of Wealth and in that book right he discussed 
the, the ways that the top 1% became the top 4%. And, and 74%, according to the book, 74% of the people in the top 1% uh, of, of the network income earners uh, made their money one of two ways, either owning businesses or investing in real estate. Right, those were the two. So I would say that from my personal perspective, that's what I focus my time and attention on. Having said that, we have clients who invest in all kinds of stuff. One of them are startup businesses, though. So we do see um, uh, people investing in startup companies. We see people invest in existing companies, but they want to expand their operations or do something new, perhaps. So we've seen people provide capital to, to small to small business. Um, real estate, as you mentioned, continues to be number one. Notes probably a close second. A lot of people lending money because it's passive in nature. Again, provides an income stream through monthly payments, whether it's P&I or interest only, those types of things. Um, really cool investment that I'm, I'm personally looking at, I'll, I'll tell you uh, some other examples too, is one where we're actually buying a credit card portfolio, a servicing portfolio. So like if, you, if, if we as business owners know how credit cards work, Right, so you can actually go in and buy these portfolios, and it's just right. You're you're the one getting all the fees now, and, and so that's an income stream. But uh, that's something recent that uh, I'm, I'm stepping into now as, as an investment opportunity, and the returns are, are pretty pretty impressive. I'll just say that um, when you're buying portfolios like that. So that's an example. That's again something that not a lot of people think of. It's something that you can do. You got to figure out how to put those things together.